Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. What's up, everybody? Yeah, Craig, pay attention. <laughs> Dr. Peter Bolden, Dr. Craig Spodak, back united once again, reunited, and it feels so good, right, pal, after the hurricane? Yeah, like we always I, do. I had, I had to do so many intros with you without you and explaining the story, you know, so I was flying solo. But everybody, welcome back to another epi episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast. Today, it's just going to be Craig and I, and we're going we're gonna to chat about something that that we get questioned about um, from guys who email us or talk when we get conferences. And uh, so, Craig, what's the topic of today's today's discussion? Uh, the topic today is where is the easy button? Because everybody that's out there has one Wait, easy question. button for what? Where is the easy button for marketing? Well, where's the easy button for marketing? But it's also it's a bigger question because where's the easy button? And I like, I like it leaving not just the pigeonhole of marketing because what we get, what I get most frequently is I get a dentist and I love helping dentists. I know you do too, Peter. But one, the, the most common question I get is I just want to pick your brain about your marketing as if the marketing is the most special aspect of the practice. It, it's just, there must be some maverick campaign. There must be some hack, some Facebook or Google hack that you and Peter are doing that allows you to get hundreds of Google reviews and, and build successful practices. And it's funny because I wish it was that easy and, and it's really not, but, but we're here to help and we're here to give you the easy concept, maybe not the easy button, but the easy concept and everything you've heard this, this, this cliche, but I love this cliche is things are simple. They're just not easy. So simple concepts, but they're not easy to execute. And um, that's what we're talking about today. And, and just to say, it, it feels good to be back uh, because that hurricane really, you know, effed us up for a little bit, but I'm happy. Yeah. I'm at my house and plants are alive and things are growing again. That oak tree, <laughs> that oak tree didn't fall in the background there. <laughs> yeah, if that oak tree fell, bro, I would be totally, totally up the creek. Um, um, but it was fun. It was, I shouldn't say it was fun. It was interesting following you on your, on your exodus out of Miami <laughs> as you were going on your Facebook journey and like, how do I get gas? And so yeah. anyway, but I'm glad, I'm glad all, all is well now, but yeah, thank God, man. So, thank God. So back, you're back to the grind. Now we're yes, obviously sir. back to the, back to the, uh, the value proposition for the Bulletproof podcast. Yeah. So let's, let's jump into this. And as, as you were talking just a second ago, I was, I was thinking, I was like, you know, you were saying how things are not easy. And I think that, I think to me personally, when I talk to people, I think the discrepancy is it's marketing is not a very tactical thing. I mean, there's some tactical aspects, but it's not just like trickery. And I think years ago it was meaning that you knew because I was kind of brainwashed early on in my career in that, you know, you could almost like get a bunch of links and rank higher and be real, like, you know, just more tactical about it. And you could almost like, spam your way to the top of rankings and really just kind of like, I don't know, you could kind of like blitzkrieg and throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And now it's become a lot more, I'm trying to say that it's more of a convoluted area, meaning that people hear the cool. message so many more times now. And like, you just have to be a lot more strategic and authentic as opposed to like tactical. 
Well, let's, let's really rewind. I mean, when you went back to the link building and spamming away to the top, you're, you're kind of going back seven, eight years. But let's st- take a step back to like the 1950s when like marketing first started, like, you know, you know. You love a history lesson, by I, I do because <laughs> cause it's really relevant in the, gra- in the greater context of what's going on. Like you go back to the 1940s, it was like more doctors prefer Lucky Strike. You know, that's the cigarette to smoke, you know. That's the healthy cigarette. I, I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my lung dart of choice is a lucky yeah, strike. It does. It goes right to the core of the alveoli of the, uh, of the lungs there. But I mean, if you go back, the marketing, just, marketing used to be so effective because anybody that would dare to market or had the budget to market could feed their businesses much in the way of it, it just like you didn't really have to add any value. You just had to have people show up. There was, no, there was no great equalizer like the internet or like the re- review system. So if we want to step back 15 years ago, pre-Google review, pre-Yelp and all that stuff, you could literally buy your way to the top. You could put out enough money in billboard advertising. I have dentist friends. That, they're not really friends. They're people I know of um, that were running big practices in the Midwest and in Michigan putting out massive amounts of billboard and television ads, total shitbag dentists, terrible, like Medicaid type crap, like running big mills and killing it economically. And they just imploded. So you can no longer just buy your way to the top. And you talked about frequency of message. We all know that historically you needed to hear something seven or eight times before you made an action, a call to action. That statistic now is up at like fucking 20 times because there are literally minion stickers on bananas. Like you can't escape marketing. On the back of our computers is an Apple symbol. You go to Times Square, we're inundated with marketing messages. Facebook is, there's no sacred space. So we're, we're having more of a filter now than ever before. And, and sensationalism is so high as well. I know we've had two epic storms, but before Maria and Irma, we had like the, in the last five years, we had 20 storms of the century. How do you have 20 storms of the century in the last five years? There's so much sensationalism out there that the, yeah. the, your voice is drowned out. So now what people really want is they want credibility and they want a story. And we don't control that brand. We cannot put out credibility. Everybody's the best. I mean, just shit in my area is like top there's five dentists that were all rated the number one dentist in south florida according to who there's just 30 different forums so how many number one rated atlanta dentists are there i mean depending on the forum there's probably 10 of you guys so how could you all be 10 all of you could be number one so where where is you where do you focus on let so let let me act like a hypothetical situation and i'm asking you just about your your marketing and i say craig where are you focused on right now so, so when someone says, like, I want to pick your brain, I want to know what your marketing is, I want to hear about your marketing, because you have awesome marketing. I said, well, what marketing are you referring to? Because we're not running like full page ads and magazines, we don't have billboards, we don't have TV commercials. What we have is we've, we've, we've created a compelling story. I always love talking about this with, with you, Peter, and we're talking about it in the book a lot. Um, it's either you pay someone to craft the story for you, or you just become remarkable enough that you're worth talking about. So as a small example, we've built a a reputation of being highly charitable. You know, we have our 501c3 with John Carl Stanton, All Star Smiles. 
Um, and, and that has been, that's a pretty newsworthy story where we take a day off every year and we give back to kids that are in pain. Mm -hmm. So that's newsworthy. And what that's doing is that's shaping us in the community as a charitable outfit. So about two weeks ago, people that know me in the area said, hey, we know you're always down to hell. We're interested in doing a fundraiser for the British Virgin Islands. Um, and we have like, you know, I, I don't even know, like, some famous person that wanted to get involved. I think it might've been Derek Jeter's wife is from the U S Virgin Islands or something like that. Someone said, are you okay hosting something at your office so we can get those people? I'm like, shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, that'd be awesome. Like not only does it help people, but we can get some credibility out of it. I mean, I got to tell you the first thing is to be authentic. I want to help people. Yep. So like during hurricane Irma, when it rolled through here, we gave our office to the police force because our, Building's brand new, it has a generator, and the cops don't want to be centrally located because if the shit goes down and trees are blocking the roads, they can't dispatch to get to all sections of our city. So I called the chief and I said, hey, take my office. We had 40 police officers in there. They were all away from their families, but we gave them air, air conditioning and a generator and showers. And we did that. No one knows about it. It's the first time I'm even talking about it publicly. But the reason why I bring that up is that I want to be authentic. I want to help people. It's not about a marketing play. And if it's about doing something to get something, that's kind of, that's bullshit. And people will feel your intentionality. And it's not as good as doing something just because you want to do some good. So if you can craft an authentic story, something that's relevant to you and your practice, maybe you're an ex-military guy and you want to get involved with Freedom Day USA, or maybe, maybe you have a, a girl in your office that's a survivor of domestic abuse and you want to stand up for aid for victims of domestic violence and things like that. But if you find your authentic story of how you want to give back and do that, that's going to catch off. And, and take off. So these people called me and said, Hey, are you down to do an event with the U S Virgin islands? I'm like, totally. It's not the British, it's the U S Virgin islands. I'm like, totally hundred percent. And now this shit is growing big. People are really talking about it on Facebook. I had a football player contact me an ex NFL guy like, Hey man, I know what you're doing. It's awesome. It's inspiring. So that's going viral. That thing's going to be like three or 400 people. So that is marketing. It didn't start as marketing. It started, let's help people. Right. But if you can do something that's, um, that's good and it will catch, that's, that's your marketing. So to, to answer the question, find out what's in your wheelhouse. Find out what your authentic expression of your brand is. What is near and dear to your heart? What's something important where you can do good? And I think exploit that. You can do a month where you give a percentage of your revenue towards that charity or that cause or that movement. And people don't care what percentage, you know, when you hear a portion of our proceeds of the month of October are going to blank, you're not going to say what percentage, right? You're going to say, thank you, doctor. That's awesome. I really yeah. appreciate that. You're looking out for that cause. It's funny. We actually just had that discussion in my office. It's, it's funny you hear you say that because literally we are going to that model and we're going to do a portion of, of gross revenues every month going to put into a bucket that is either going to help a charity that the team agrees we want to go, kind of donate to, you know, and obviously right now it's, you know, Houston and the hurricanes and stuff like that um, going on, but it, you know, just an ongoing, so it's intentional kind of giving back to the community. And I agree with you. Like that is not, you know, I guess you could throw it in the, into the bucket of like, that's marketing, but it's really more community, which, you know, I guess there's overlap, right? There's always overlap. You can't just put it in these silos that sometimes I talk about and it not be overlap, which is cool, but you're right. It has to be from an authentic, authentic place first and you know and and it has some uh ancillary benefit of just you know bringing bringing attention to your practice 
Right. I mean, the, the story's got to be real now. The, the days of traditional advertising where you craft a story, you know, like 30 minutes or less, Domino's Pizza, or like Have a Coke and a Smile, or whatever the branding campaigns were from, you know, they, they don't, it, it's really, it's drowned out. There's so much noise. I mean, look at, look at what's happened in the consumer behavior. We, you and I grew up, Peter, with like 10 channels of TV you know, or 15 or 20 channels of TV at most. There is like, I mean, look at the sports. I was just, I just got a new car and Sirius XM has what appears to be a hundred stations of sports. So everything's ultra niche. I mean, you have like cat fancy magazine, fat cat magazine. I mean, look at a sports authority no longer exists because they want specialty retailer Amazon. So everybody's blending into the CSA-ness. So you can't just stand up for just being a good dentist. It's actually pretty weird. You can't just do good dentistry. You have to do good dentistry, be a badass in your community, be an upstanding leader. I mean, I mean, if you want to practice in Iowa, if you're listening in Iowa and you have no dentist for 150 miles from you, you can do whatever the hell you want. But if you're like most of us who practice by default, right? Yeah, you win by default. Exactly. You want to be number one in the relay? Go, uh, go, go to a nursing home and challenge everybody to a race. But if you want to, if you want to compete in the environments that most of our listeners are competing in, you have to really redevelop your brand and who you are. And uh, it feels good too. So it's not just trickery. It's not just saying, Hey, portion of our proceeds. It actually feels good. And people don't get burnt out because of what or how you do what you do. They burnt out because you forget your why. And all of us got into dentistry, not to make a million dollars, although we wanted to get, make money. We wanted to help people. And we envisioned the first day in clinic, like, this is so freaking cool, man. I got to do a failing or a crown. I got to help this lady. And then we get out. We're like, hey, I got to help this lady. And I got paid. And then all of a sudden, bills, mortgages, kids. I'm like, fuck, I got to go work. All right, I'm going to play, play devil's advocate for a second. Please do. You have the ability to say what you're saying right now because you have massive scale to bit, and therefore you have massive impact. Okay. Think about think about someone who's either just starting their practice, doesn't have that influence, right? Like, what's the ground game going to be there? Okay, so so I'm gonna call bullshit on you, Peter, because I was doing this when I had nothing. All right, I had five employees, and I got up on a freaking roof and went to we we did a Habitat for Humanity build. So I'm sitting on a roof, smacking nails in, like banging the shit out of my hands. My dentist and I on the, on a roof, and we go downstairs for a break. And the lady who had the house is like, "Hey, you guys from a bank? What do you guys do?" And I'm like, "No, we're dentists." It was just me and uh, one other dentist in the practice, and she's like, "Oh my god, I have a raging toothache. I wish you were giving me dentistry instead of putting nails in my roof." And that spurred us to do our first free dental day. But this was being done years and years ago, ten years ago, in fact, when I had like five people. So I was giving when I didn't have the capability to give. And in some ways, you know, we talk about our profit and we're in a little low period, especially with the hurricane. I'm still giving. So, you know, I just, so I you, think you, you're a unicorn giver. I'm going to tell you right now. Well, you, no, there's other, I'm inspired by other people though. I know, but that's your why. And that may not be everyone else's. So, so let's talk about it too, from a, from a, a ground game of like, I'm not saying that everyone doesn't want to give, of course they do, but sometimes you have to take care of, you know, you have to take care of your house first before you can go outside of it and start giving. And I mean, your house, I mean, you're, you know, get your practice strong. So what could we recommend in terms of current day, 2017, you know, October, 2017, here's some good strategies for marketing your practice and, and talk about different scales of someone's life, meaning that, you know, more of an infancy practice, more of a kind of a mature, but wanting to grow practice. Like, 
I think we need to kind of break it down because there's different places where things resonate more with in your lifespan and in your life cycle of your practice. Totally. Totally. I like to call that like business development. You think of like infant, toddler, teenager, and adult, you know, there's different cycles. And then there's like declining, like elderly person, but the toddlers unruly you have, or teenagers unruly, you have like record growth, no systems. Things are like the wheels are going to fall off and adult tends to be more stable. So if we look at it from that point, you, you can get scrappy. I, I think, first of all, I think giving is good ROI and it's good team alignment. And I think it's important to figure out an, a cause why your, your office exists beyond just fixing teeth and making money. You know, I love talking about the achievement fulfillment thing that Tony always talks about. Tony Robbins talks about the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment because you can get everything you ever wanted, all the money you ever wanted and wind up really miserable and, and, and unhappy. So, so we, we're all struggling to, to make more money because we feel like that money will provide us with something. But really, at the end of the day, we want to be fulfilled. And even though you, for those listeners who have massive crushing student debt or they're just starting their own practice and they're scared, you know, scared money don't make none. You have to have a psychology around your business that you're going to persevere. You're going to take, you're going to, you're going to really, you're going to crush it. If you're scared, it's going to start fear psychology really can mess with businesses. You know, you and I have gone through tough times and what gets us through is like at a certain point we, we break down and we're like, screw it, I'm going to take this. And you got to have that, that voice inside of you. So I think it's applicable for the struggling new dentist out there to say like, shit, I'm, I'm having trouble making my mortgage payment to still say a portion of my proceeds are going to give because it, it shows, um, it shows courage and it shows strength of the team. And that's what your team is really looking for is that leadership. When you talk about success, only 10% is mechanics and 90% is psychology. So a marketing approach or a marketing podcast like this, we're really talking about the mechanics, but the intentionality is, is what's going to make it successful. The difference between successful and unsuccessful people is your psychology around it, man. For it sure. really is. For sure. And, you know, in, in those uncertain times, you know, you, you want to double down. But- I'm going to give some, I'm going to yeah, give. Please. Cause I, I'm running out of juice with that. I, I'm all well, it, I mean, we get it like, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying it, but we get you, we get it. Like your why is to, is to have a vessel to give back. Right. And that's your impact and, and you're known for that in your community. And I think that's, that's awesome. That's why people are, are, you know, drawn to you. So what I'm going to give advice on though, is for someone who maybe that, that isn't their, their why. Right. And like, yep. what, what, how can we help kind of amplify it? practices or, or guys who are listening right now that just want to amplify their own skill set or their own brand as a person, like maybe they're an associate and they want to amplify their own brand. So you brought up something about like struggling practices and not being able to make um, ends meet or, or struggling to make ends meet. But the cool part is I was thinking about that. I was like, the cool part is, is a lot of marketing can be done for free right now. Oh yeah. Right. And it's, and that's more influence marketing, social media, creating content. The thank um, you economy that you talk about with me all the, the thank time. Thank you economy, right? That I'm a big fan of. So it, it, my advice would be to become an expert in basically broadcasting yourself, meaning like do live Facebooking and do publishing your cases, like talking, you know, literally doing, using your phone in your pocket using your camera in your pocket as much as possible. It doesn't have to be this polished video all the time, like make it authentic video 
and oh, just yeah. I think unpolished, unrefined video works better. Better now. It yeah. used to not be the case though, honestly. Yeah. Like I used to get like I used to get sweaty back about like not publishing a professional looking video. And I have a mix now because I do have a, a videographer come in because I want some stuff for my website that looks good, you know. Um, but at the same time, there's a good mix of being able to just do some cool, authentic videos. So I would say to someone like that, really focus on your videos. When I say videos, meaning like, make sure you've got people on your website, make sure your team. All right, let me back up a second. So dentistry is a scary place for a lot of people, right? For patients, I mean. Imagine yourself as a consumer looking online, right? And you're going through all these dental websites. If you come across a place that just that takes away some of the anxiety of going to the dentist, meaning like, okay, I see what the facility is going to look like. Here's a tour and, you know, made to feel at home. It looks nice. I've heard a video of the dentist talking. I've heard maybe some pictures of the team talking, right? Like it takes away all these variability variables about, about what they're going to expect. Because sometimes they say, gosh, I hope I like my dentist. I've never seen him in person. What if he's weird? Like these are things that yeah. people think yeah. about, right? Of course, we all do. So removing as many variables as possible to help someone oh. make a decision, a differentiating factor. And then also even talking about your procedures, like, right? So that someone is, is like a lot of my consults, honestly, I have to say they come in, they, they've already looked at all the videos we have. And I think I have about 215 videos on my website. Not, they haven't looked at all of them, but they looked at all of them for whatever the niche that they're interested in. And it's awesome because it's, I've, I, I created these videos once and it scaled what I was trying to say. Right. So I didn't have to have this conversation over, you know, I'll have a consult. Someone will say, yeah, I, I listened to all of your, uh, your videos on this. And it's like, okay, awesome. Well, do you have any questions about all that? And they're like, no, I'm like, okay, well, here's what we need to do. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So it really kind of scales that time. So I know I'm going on a, on a. No, but I love it. I, I know I love it. But I really feel like video has a duplicity effect, meaning you can use that, take it and then take that video and use it on your website, use it on your social media, cut it up, chop it, re-blend re it, put it on another social media channel. There's just so many ways in which you'll get to use that, um, you know, film once, use millions of times kind of technology. Well, what I love about, sorry, what I just want to jump in on your video. What I love about the video um, aspect, Peter, is it shows your humanity. Totally. Because traditional marketing was all about, you know, I went to Panky, I'm Invisalign certified, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what's awesome about this is video shows that you're a human being and you said you want to make sure the doctor looks okay and feels okay. That's a big thing, man. I mean, as dentists, we take it for granted, but like you've got some dude or some chick like three inches over your head, like working on top of you. Like right. that's a very personal thing. We touch people every day. I mean, you know, touch their, <laughs> their teeth and stuff. And, but it's a very personal thing. And it's, there's a lot of fear just around having a person in your space. So video, you can tell by video, I mean, that there's, there's, your humanity comes through that. And people are buying your humanity. They want to know, like, that you're a normal person. I mean, there's a lot of weird dentists. I mean, we, go to the, we were at the Serona convention last, last week, that's, or two weeks ago. That's kind of like the upper echelon of dentists. But if you go to, like, just the normal, run-of-the-mill, like, like, dental convention, there's a lot of dentists that I'm like, I would never go to that dude or that girl. That person looks scary to me. They don't look, they have no humanity. I think that's the case in probably all industries, but I think it's, it's harder in dentistry because people are already scared, right? So you're, yeah. you're at a disadvantage if you're not like personable and come from an empathy place of like, Hey, I know you don't want to be here. I'm going to make this 
as amazing as I can kind of experience. Absolutely. And that's, that's really where I come at it. You know, it's like we, we, one of my bylines of my practice is what if you liked going to the dentist? Like, right. Absolutely. Like conceptually. And so people, and people use that in, in our reviews, like oh, first time I've ever liked going to the dentist. And so those, these things are all the marketing that we, we talk about. My other advice would be to people is to look into a couple things and I won't go down the whole tactical way of do this, but I would make sure I would, I would become an expert and really be a student of, let's just say pay-per-click ads right now, because I think that they, I think especially in the Facebook and the Instagram space, they are underpriced. Uh, you know, and we look at, and if I go back to Craig, what we were talking about before I hit record, we talked about attention, right. And wherever someone's attention is, is, is that's where, that's where the marketing is. I mean, it's attention based marketing and, people are all the time attached to their phone, right? You go in an airport, they're looking at their phone. So market to what venues people are looking at, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And sometimes to get in that feed, you have to pay someone, you have to pay that person, or maybe it's even Google AdWords, but I'm still a fan of, of digital pay-per-click ads and using how to laser focus and go at it after a niche. Let me give you one example on, on this niche that I went at. I learned that, in our community that we had a lot of, of Delta pilots. Yeah. The hubs Delta. in Atlanta. Delta, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess everybody does, but like we had a, like a unproportionate amount. Well, isn't Delta based out of Atlanta though? It is right. Oh, yeah. but I'm, I'm saying like unproportionate even for, yes, I, I hear what you're saying, but so I wanted to amplify that. And literally I went into Facebook ads, created an ad just for them. And then I told Facebook to only show that to Delta employees. Awesome. Right. So like you can talk about your CPM, right? Your cost per thousand, your CPM. There couldn't be more of a laser focused uh, marketing thing than, than that. So that just gives you an example of like some strategy ground game and you can apply that. You can ex uh, extrapolate that in your own environment or own community. Um, but just, you know, become a student again. You know, honestly, I've, I've been doing this over 15 years now. And I tell people the a lot of my success was the fact that Early on in my career, I was scared shitless. Right, Greg? I mean, people, everyone, everywhere I went. Hey, Peter, people, I'm still scared. Well, right. I mean, I've been doing it 20 years. Level of scare, right? But right, everywhere I went, people said, you're going to fail. You can't be a fee-for-service practice out a startup. You're going to, you know, all these like naysayers. And so I would work, you know, 12 hour day from clinical, come home. And I didn't have family or kids. And then I would study and I would learn marketing stuff for the next five hours. And I would go to bed at 11. I'd, you know, step and repeat, step and repeat. And I did this. I'm not kidding you very uh, seven days a week. And I'm not trying to say like, th this is me walking in the snow uphill both ways to school. I'm just saying like, I became obsessed because I started seeing the fruits of my labor as it would transcend to my bottom line. And the practice was growing and everything was, you know, people were, you know, ex you know, I was bringing value and experiential care to dentistry. And now I, now it's my mission to kind of expand that throughout the city that's my why is to expand that throughout the city so that everyone gets to experience it. Yep. Right. And that's why you I know, have locations. So when you're talking about, sorry, Peter, I just want to jump in on that because that level of obsession that you, you were doing, there's a, there's a, there's a quote I love. It says people are rewarded in public for when they intensely and diligently practice in private. 
So the easy button that people are talking about is where you are now. So for, for, for those 12 or 15 years, and I've been at it for 18 years, I'm still working like crazy, I'm obsessed. I'm reading books, I'm listening to my own podcasts. I mean, I, we're doing this because we're learning. You and I are talking right now, but we're feeding off of each other and, and stimulating ideas. We, that's what we did before we even started recording. We had 40 minutes, just uh, that would have been good to record that. That was even good. Yeah. But you're, you're rewarded in, in public for what you practice in private. So it's really that analogy of pushing a rock up a hill. And for 15, 20 years, we've both been pushing this boulder up a hill. And it's finally rolling a little bit. It's not rolling. It's not crushing things, but it's rolling. So people look at the rolling ball and say, where's the button? How did you get the ball to roll? But they don't want to do is all the work before it. You're an overnight success. Yeah, overnight. You are. And if you, right? Right, if you work for 20, 30 years, you will be an overnight success. And maybe you'll be like uh, the colonel and at 66, finally open up your successful franchise in Kentucky Fried Chicken. I guess what I'm saying is it's not good enough, though, to just like do, especially in our digital day and age, it's not good enough to just do awesome dentistry, unfortunately. And I know that's big, big unfortunate, by the way. I know some rock star dentists that are really good clinically. They could probably blow away you and I, and they're, they're dying. And we know guys that are total shit dentistry, like in Cyril World, we were looking at some before and after pictures that look like temporaries, tissue, just like magenta, angry tissue. Like you can look at that shit's going to bleed. And the guy's proud and he's kicking it. He's killing it. But, but I just want to bring it back just, just for the people that are like, hey, what is my why? I don't know why I exist. I don't know what my brand's about. I don't know my unique selling proposition of our, my practice. A little skill, a little, little hack you could do to figure out what you stand for. Read your reviews. When you read what the public is saying about you, good, bad, or otherwise, it can shape what you stand for. Because you may think you're just an office that's built around convenience. Let's say you have an office that's open seven to seven and you split it with a guy. You know, there's, there's you work in the seven to two and the other guy working the two to seven or whatever you have. But the reviews are talking about like your warm, caring staff and how amazing you are. Or maybe they're saying that the doctor feels distant and um, he doesn't really care and he's all about the money. If it's one review, who gives a shit? You know, it's like if one person says you're an asshole, who cares? But if like 10 people say you're an asshole, it's time to start looking. Maybe you're an asshole. You know, maybe you're showing up that way. So it doesn't matter what your intentionality is. It matters how you're showing up. So read your reviews. Even if you just have 10 or 12 or 5, you can get a good idea about what you stand for. And then, frankly, just to bring it back, that's how Peter and I met each other. We were watching each other's practices. We were reading each other's reviews, learning about each other. And where you know where there's smoke, there's fire. We I got a good essence that Peter had a man crush, and so he figured you. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, but we we learned a lot about each other about how we show up, and Peter and I can always tell like when a dentist will call us and want some help. We'll go on Google and their website, Yelp, and stuff like that. We'll get a pretty good idea of who that person is just by that. So this shit is real. It's credible. You don't own your brand anymore. The public owns your brand. Well, look at look at the same con like Amazon. Like not to jump yeah. subjects, but like why is Amazon so popular? It's not because like it's the best e-portal. Like you know, yes, it's convenient. Yes, it's the easy button for 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 e-commerce. But why did it have its popularity, Craig? The re the review economy, the review systems. Right. So yeah. well, Amazon crowdsourced people to really put their reviews on for free, which then amplified. That, that, you know, probably the first trillion dollar company in the world that will be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, and it's not about making a big mistake, by the way, like if, on Amazon, like I won't buy like an iPhone case for $5 unless it's reviewed well. It's oh. not the, I don't want to, it's not about the wasting $5. I don't want a shitty product. 
And it's not even about the cost. So imagine, take it to dentistry now, where people could be spending three, four, five, seven, ten thousand. They're brainwashing. That's what I'm saying. Is going. I'm. I'm saying the same thing as you. Is that is that unfortunately the Ubers and the and the Amazons are are brainwashing our culture to expect that in all arenas. And and brainwashing might be a strong word. Well, not brainwashing, but training, shaping, training, training, shaping training, us, shaping, training, whatever, right? Yeah. But like. Even when you get an Uber rider now, you like you'll pop it up. Like, how many reviews did he have? Oh, he only had four point two. You gotta cancel him real quick. <laughs> I do it all the time, man. I get a four point four. I'm like, shit. I try to cancel it. Yeah, he's gonna be grumpy pants. I don't need that. Yeah, his car's gonna be dirty. One thing I was looking at, um, you know, like, what if someone had no reviews and then I, something popped in my head and I was like, well, cool. If you don't have any reviews now, going on what Craig was saying about like create your own narrative. Like you have you now you're the now you can be the author of what people say but like create your own narrative of what you want to say and then live that right and then also like what if you're an associate like okay and so still get reviews and build your brand your personal brand because that will travel with you regardless of where you end up whether it's you start your own practice or you leapfrog to another another practice or whatever you make or you make partner in an existing practice that leapfrogs with you partner and buy in it's still it's still Clout, and what am I trying to say? It's still uh, equity. It's still social Absolutely. equity that you get to keep. In our practice, we have nine doctors. And when, when a patient of a certain doctor refers a friend, we make sure that it goes with the patient, with the doctor of record. So if Dr. Peterson in my practice treats Mary and Mary sends her sister, we're going to make sure that Mary's sister sees Dr. Peterson. So it's, you're always building that equity. You're always building a relationship. And that's so what that's people another, are buying. That's another, people, you know, since we're talking about marketing, we kind of went into reviews and talking about, you know, and that is a, a you know, the reputation management is absolutely a, a marketing aspect. So I'm stating the obvious here, but I just want to make sure that, that, that we're identifying this tangent that we're going on, that, that, that the reputation aspect is a total huge proponent in your marketing strategy. And again, it doesn't cost any money, just like some of the other things we talked about, you know, like this is a freebie, getting good Yelp reviews and getting, uh, Google reviews and stuff like that's just free. That's just asking someone or, or being so compelling that your, your people are wanting to do it. Well, I got, a, I got another little hack that I want to share with the, um, the, the listeners here as well. Um, getting check-ins on social media. So it's not enough to just have, you know, I see a lot of Facebook pages, dental Facebook pages. Again, this is all free where you have 2000 likes and I see 24 check-ins or 3000 likes and 10 check-ins. It's great that your page is liked, but what's the real equity in the social media world is the check-in because social media is the human is, is the humanity of your practice. It's the credit, it's the credibility. So when someone checks in and your practice says, you know, I'm at Atlanta dental spa, feeling great, feeling nervous, feeling excited, feeling whatever. The fact that they go there is the equivalent of 10 years ago, your patients playing cards together after seeing, your, your, seeing you earlier in that day and said, oh, I was at Dr. Bolden's office today. So the check-in, and you can incentivize check-ins by maybe giving away a free tube of whitening gel for a check-in. I mean, how much does whitening gel cost? Six bucks, eight bucks. It's worth it versus spending 1000 or $1,500 on PPC or a billboard or a, a full-page ad. If you can figure out ways to give your marketing dollars back to your patient versus to pepper and spray and pray the landscape of, of your community. That's always key as well. I agree. I think we talked about, you know, uh, we'll give away a little um, content of the book, but we talked about how 
in my practice, 50% of the budget goes towards my existing patients into some kind of thank you economy situation where I'm, I'm really being intentional and purposeful and making impact to the patients in some aspect and 50% goes to external. But yep. correct that. so what's that called? What you were talking about right there, the check-ins and stuff, that's, that's called social relevancy. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to speculate here on Google's algorithm because nobody knows, but I, I get on these nerdy forums of like guys who like, this is what they do for their career is, is do marketing, you know, and Google, Google uh, SEO and such. And there is speculation now that up to a third of the algorithm is based on social relevancy. Jeez. Right. Because, and it makes sense, unfortunately, but you know, there's some conspiracy theory that because Google doesn't own really the networks that people are on Instagram and Facebook or Snapchat or whatever, that, that they're not giving as much credence to that. But you, but you can't help to, you know, the social proofing and such as you can't help in us. So that shows you that you're relevant. So check-ins and reviews and people tagging you and social mentioning you, like that's all social relevancy that says to Google, like, man, people like this. And honestly, there's people have taken it a step further and, and because everyone's always logged in on their Facebook or whatever, that they know that, that if you clicked on something, right, if you're Sally Sue and, you're, and you liked Atlanta Dental Spa and in your network of friends, you have a bunch of people, well, Google knows that more than likely, you know, all of your friends are going to like it. So you'll be positioned higher as well. So this spider web of all these things <laughs> we talk about, it all just kind of, you know, it all comes back to just being, being um, a remarkable practice. Right. Great. Yeah. I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, some of this just happens organically with that. So I feel like that's, uh, you got anything else to add in terms of marketing? I mean, there's more, obviously we could go into like the, you know, more tactics and more things that we do, but I feel like this is a good, I feel like this is good. I feel like this is, well, I, think I, I do want to just um, give credit to a person who was really kind of inspirational. In my own journey it was Fred Joyle from 1-800-DENTIST. Um, I'm not a client of 1-800-DENTIST. Um, and and um, so it's not something that th there's, there's no in endorsement beyond the fact that this guy wrote a book, I'd say, what was it? Nine years ago called everything is marketing. Mm. And the tenant of the book is that you can't look at your, your advertising as just what you send out to the public. Your reception area is marketing. The way your team members are marketing. It's all your brand. And if you think that you could just pay your way to advertise and make a big splash and treat your team like shit, your patients like shit, do crappy work, have an old outdated office, no technology, you're not gonna be able to do that anymore. You were actually able to do that. You were actually be, you were able to successfully be successful, I'm using finger quotes, um, and, and just, just buy your way to the top. You can't anymore, the great equalizer happened, the internet. It's meritocracy now, baby. The meritocracy, and it's um, and the meritocracy is not just for those who are who are the best clinicians. It's, you have to be all of the above, and your team represents the largest per percentage of your P and L. If you're running your numbers correctly, your team, your expenditures of your team, is going to be twenty to thirty percent. That's the largest single chunk of your P and L. And that team is your best marketing of all. If they believe in what you do, when you say, Mrs. Jones, you need a crown and you walk out and Mrs. Jones looks at your assistant and your assistant kind of shrugs your shoulder. Like, you know, I don't know. He says you need a crown or you leave with the treatment coordinator. Like, uh, you need a crown. 
and nothing else versus like, hey, I've been working with Dr. Jones for, you know, 10 years. He works on my whole family. He did my veneers. He did my Invisalign. I really, he, he only recommends what he needs. If they believe in you, and you can't fake that shit, but if they really fully believe in you, your practice is on its way for, on its way to gold. Yep. So um, I, I always like to say that the most important metrics are happy team, happy patients, ethical dentistry, and having a purpose. And then money shows up as a lagging indicator of that. And just to leave one more little quote, because I'm in a quote mood today. I must be in the nine cups of coffee. But uh, Peter and I love Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. And Gary has a really funny quote. He says, I've got the most brilliant marketing strategy ever. And it's like dot, dot, dot. He says, care. Actually give a shit. Imagine that. Imagine like if you really cared how viral, how quickly that message we disseminated versus $49 new patient. Right. $100 off of this. That doesn't mean shit. Right. You know, I mean, when, it's a, when, it, when there's a free lunch, I'm not expecting a nice lunch. I don't want to go to a free lunch, actually. A free lunch probably sucks. I'd rather you charge me lunch and give me, you know, show me you care. So the, the cheapest and most effective marketing strategy you can ever employ in your practice is care. Care about your team. Care about your community. Care about your patients. That's it. That's the easy button. I love that. And, you know, and you're right, that that is a great book to kind of kind of end, you know, in summation, what we're talking about is everything is marketing, you know, yeah, you know, the drinks we serve or the refreshment station or whatever, like just everything, the appearance, yep. of your, the, the smiles that we give the way to answer the phone, like, yeah, it's all one big, one big bag. Of- Who's the guy from Southwest Airlines? Is it Steve Kelleher? Is that his name? The CEO? The CEO, I don't know, honestly. I think it's Kelleher's his name. Don't, for those, maybe comment below if I'm wrong about that. But he said a very interesting thing. He said, at Southwest, when people see a dirty cabin, it means that the engines are not working properly. The perceived value. So in aviation, you don't know how... Gary Kelly. Gary Kelly is his name. Just Okay. Yeah, Thank you for that. Yeah. So, so let's look at this. In, and, and I know we're going off. On the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end this pretty quick. But um, when you got, walk into a Southwest Airlines or a Jet Air, Airliner and, the, cockpit, and the, the seats look like shit, it's all ripped up and there's like a donut on the floor, you're actually not worried about the, the um, cleanliness. You're worried about the safety of your plane. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't give a shit about the interior, how are the jet engines being maintained? Same exact parallel in dentistry. If you walk in and your furniture's all jacked up and you have a National Geographic magazine from 1998, they're not worried about like, oh, this guy's not really into his waiting room. They're saying, is this safe? Are the instruments clean? Because you just like we can't perceive the quality of the jet, they can't perceive the quality of our margins. So it's all about perceived value. So invest in your, in your office, your team, and your, your, uh, your environment as well. And then I'm, I'm done. Mic drop. Sorry. Mic drop. I love it, dude. That's awesome. All right. Let's make a couple of uh, announcements. So let's talk about the book real quick, just so you know, the, uh, the people listening will know to actually support it when it comes out. Craig and I have spent a lot of time creating a book, really not from, not from the aspect of, you know, obviously trying to be an author in dentistry, but really just to, we have had, feel like we had a lot to say. So we're, in the, in the end stages of, of publishing and hopefully it comes out around uh, the first of the year, I would guess. Wouldn't you say, Craig? Yeah, I hope so. That's, that's the plan. That, that might be ambitious, but regardless announcement. So everyone kind of keep, and we'll, we'll uh, when it's time, we'll post, we'll put up the, the link in Amazon where you could, could buy it. 
And I also, since you're bringing up the book for the first time, I want to be transparent. The funny, we had a funny conversation with the publisher the very first time. He's like, okay, so uh, what, what's the book? At, what, okay, just let's get down to brass tacks. It sounds awesome. Great book. Okay, what are we selling? Um, and Peter and I are like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, we write books to sell things. I'm like, what's the objective? Um, right? what's what's the objective? objective? And I'm like, actually, to help people, like to, to go back to Gary Vee, to care, to, to improve our profession, to better our... Um, to better our industry and it was like he's like uh that's pretty cool so just to be fully transparent there's no like he, he was like wait this is really just altruism like really like and he was kind of blown away at first and he's like okay well then and then he's like well what's the roi i'm like well there's good roi in altruism because you know eventually maybe we will have something where we can monetize but at this point let's just give back the dentistry and that's a good little example when you're talking about this conversation of the easy button in marketing Paying it forward. Yep. The easy button. Go ahead. Go with it. Yep. Oh, no, I'm just saying like, you know, the easy button, you know, so, so let's just say the book does really well and God willing it will, will and a lot of people will read it and it'll help a lot of people. And then we take that and we do something else with it. And who knows what it could be in five years, but then people will be like, Hey, how do you have that thing? Well, we wrote a book. Well, what did you do with the book? The book cost us a lot of money to put out and, but it helped people. And, and, and if you can get back to just caring about people and Peter and I deeply care about dentistry, that's why we're sitting here doing this podcast. There's no click to sign up and, and attend our thing. And it, it, there's it, no it, email. There's no email. We don't collect emails, you know, yeah. because there's really there, it, like, you're right. There's no ulterior motive. Um, right. You know, who, who knows? Eventually one day, maybe we'll do a consulting thing. Like, I don't know, but um, you're right, Craig. It's all, it really is all about giving back. And I know we kind of impress upon that, but sometimes in this day and age, people look at that like skeptically, like, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, yeah. I'm waiting. So anyway, let's talk about, let's talk about the, um, the summit that you and I are going to be at that if someone wants to attend, I think it's an awesome next level thing for our colleagues to go at. So talk about your get off the sum, um, get off the treadmill summit. Awesome, Peter. Thanks for uh, mentioning that. So, so I partnered up with, um, Chuck Blakeman, um, who's a world-renowned best-selling author, he wrote the 2010 best-selling business book um, called. And he was on the podcast. Yeah, and he was on our podcast as well. Just an awesome dude, and he talks about like this uh, idea that in order to make more money, you have to give more time, and that's kind of like the American dream. Like you'll make more money every year, but eventually you'll have no life. And that's the treadmill, like you're on a treadmill, you're running, you're not going anywhere. So Chuck has um, teamed up um, with us and we're bringing this message to dentistry and to get up the treadmill summit's really cool because uh, we're doing it in Dallas. I'm just, uh, just want to get the dates right. It's getoffthetreadmillsummit.com, G-O-T-T summit.com. Um, and that is going to be the next one coming up. I wasn't prepared for this. November, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then November. 29th of November. Uh, it is. Yeah. The 30th of November. Thanks, Peter. You're always on the ball in Dallas. And basically what the premise of that is you bring one of your key people with you because all of us go to CE and we're all raring to go. And Monday morning, the girls were like, Oh yeah, doc just went to a CE, give him to a Wednesday. They'll be out of his head. Right. Um, but this, this is, there's someone in your office that's showing up as a stakeholder, not just an employee, someone in your office that actually cares about your organization more than just an hourly wage employee. It might be a hygienist, an assistant, office manager. I don't know who she is, but you got one person that's your, your person that's your right hand. Bring that person with you because what this is, is that we, we practice, we run our businesses like in the industrial age era where everybody's presumed to be stupid and we have to protocol them. <laughs> Sorry, bro. It's all history repeats itself. 
So people are creative. And, I know you are. I just bust my ball. So anyway, people are creative and they want to they do more and be more. And we tend to be, as the owners, um, the only one that turns their brain on. We tell everybody to do like good little soldiers. And that doesn't really build good team engagement. So in my practice, we've empowered this thing called self-managed teams. So we understand that things need to be managed, but people don't need to be managed. People need to be led. Stuff needs to be managed. So we have people that are managing themselves. We have an Invisalign team that made sure we got to top 1%, which is 200 plus cases per year. That was a goal that was arrived by them years ago when we were doing like 20 cases a year. So it's a really cool summit. It allows people to do more, be more. Peter, even though you don't employ Chuck's technology, you really are very similar. Peter has an empowered team that's cranking it as we speak, making good money while he's on a podcast. And it's not about just building a larger operation because you'll just build a faster treadmill. It's about empowering people and be, holding them accountable and having them manage their own, their own work and actually paying them according to performance, not just our. So that summit's coming up in November. We have a couple of year. Funny thing is about that summit, we limit it to 30 people because when you have like 50, 100 people in the room, you'll lose that mastermind feel. We really want to learn from each other. So it's limited to 30 people. I know it's at least half sold out at this point. Uh, it's in Dallas, November 30th, gottsummit.com. Pete, if we could pop up the link in the bio underneath yep. the podcast as well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll put it in the it, show notes. Um, it's freaking awesome, man. No one leaves there saying, I mean, I've had so many people tell me this is the best thing they've ever heard in dentistry. And it's actionable. And it's not like you're selling something else. You can go to that and you have enough information to make massive change without doing anything else. This is not like a shell of a seminar like, hey, if you like it, click here and sign up for the six month, whatever. You don't need it. There's enough ideas, enough traction from that two days that you can actually make some really significant gains. Yeah, it helps you move the needle, kind of paradigm shifting, move the needle, right? Like that's- Absolutely. Okay, anything else, bud, in closing? I don't have any other announcements, but- Yeah, well, thanks to everybody for listening. We appreciate the feedback. I, I was out um, a couple of weeks ago when I, was, uh, when I had my hurricane. I, I turned my hurricane evacuation to an extended stay in Disney World. But some dude stopped me and said, hey, man, are you Craig Spodak? I listen to your podcast and thank you so much. And so I, I just, uh, it, it, it means, I'm sorry. Isn't it it's funny? super cool. I, I dig it when that happens. So if you guys are getting value, like take five seconds and give a quick review. And it's not just for to feed our egos. It really is to help with distribution because if it's helping you, it may help some colleagues. And that's the easiest way to do it is to get, uh, get notoriety on the, on the, the reviews and, and, and be authentic about it. Like we, we spoke about meritocracy. If you think it's a one-star podcast and by all means, put up a one-star yeah. We need to learn. If you think it's five star, then, then, then do that. But um, anyway, everyone have a great blessed day. Over and out. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.